everyone, welcome to Shalanda Says, where we answer questions on all sorts of topics ranging from relationships to career growth. Join us as we answer listener questions and interview various experts in their field. Want a question answered? Send it to Shalanda at TuxWilderGuidance.com. That's Shalanda at TuxWilderGuidance.com. Now here's your hostess and proclaimed queen of time management and goal setting, Shalanda. Today's guest is Jamie Lerner. She's the co-author of the book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You. Can, she can put a fresh spin on just about anything that anyone throws her way. Her unique and masterful ability to reframe even the most difficult situations is astounding. All of a sudden, your biggest nightmare becomes your greatest pleasure as she lovingly helps you sift through the contrast and find that small opening of light that quickly becomes your greatest jumping off point for clarity. Unassuming, reassuring, and seemingly without any sense of ego, Jamie is able to put everyone and everything at ease. Jamie is an asset to any corporate corporate setting. She is easily able to untangle the issues at hand and move right along into helping facilitate a solution-based platform for creative, productive, good-feeling collaboration and change. Jamie Lerner can most often be seen working with individuals, children, adults, and couples, as well as with small groups. She never positions herself as the expert of anything and is always reminding you that it is you who knows best for yourself always. Jamie is a Chicago resident, and her website is jamie-learner.com. Hi, Jamie. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank Great. you. Yeah, thank you for coming. I would like to go ahead and jump into the first five. The first question is, what drew you to this career? Well, I was always very interested in the interdynamic um, and interpersonal relationships of people when I was growing up. And I always had a very strong connection to myself and yet found it very difficult to navigate the relationship that I had with my mother. Mm. So um, this kind of inspired me to um, move into the field of psychology. And that's what I studied and um, went on to do psychotherapy for a while and then realized that I was not really um, assisting people and assisting themselves when I was asking them to constantly look backward. Mm-hmm. So I gave that up and I studied and traveled and now I'm doing something a little bit different, which is really assisting people in assisting themselves from their now, right here and now, to where they would like to be. Yeah, excellent. I know that that's the same thing or a similar thing that happened to me when I was pursuing marriage and family therapy licensure. It I, I was bothered by going into the past so much with people and I tried to adopt the solution focus methodology, but I found that coaching allowed more freedom and didn't ask people to dig into the past and dig up old hurts so much. 
you know, or as much as um, psychology does. I think it's true. And I think when we give people an option, an option that they never even realized was available to them, it's a relief. Because when you can begin to ask yourself the question, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Then I think that um, that feels a lot better than what happened to me. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Right. So don't get me wrong. It is important for people like let's say someone who's been sexually abused, they it it may help them to actually talk about what happened in order to move forward. But that's not the case for everybody that comes into counseling sessions. No, and I think that's an interesting point. However, I ask people mm-hmm. if they are wanting to look back. Right. Look back from your adult perspective. Because mm-hmm. if you can look back from the eyes of where you are right now as an adult, you really can see that situation that happened then very differently. And I think that helps us. Mm -hmm. It unburdens us, I think, in in a lot of ways. um, Of the emotional content that we have tended to carry forward without even realizing sometimes. Yeah, right. I like that term, unburdens us, yes. Now, what impact do you hope to make for your clients? Well, I really believe that I don't do much for my clients except help them help themselves. Mm -hmm. And so when I can assist somebody in redirecting themselves back to themselves and reconnecting themselves and nurturing and nourishing themselves, I think that that is really um, the most helpful thing that we as helping professional people can do, because I do believe that we are our own greatest resource. And um, there really is nothing else outside of ourselves. And yet um, the narrative in this culture is something very different. There's so many self-help books, but I think that we are um, really in a wonderful position to help ourselves when we're connected to ourselves and when we're trusting our intuition and our internal guidance. Right. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about the the intuition thing a little later, but next I want you to think about everything you know regarding this path that you've chosen. And in retrospect, what would you do differently if anything? I don't think I would do anything differently. I think I knew for a very long time when I was doing psychotherapy that it wasn't resonating with me, but I think I needed to stay there as long as I did. I think I needed all of that contrast in order for me to launch those rockets of desire and have the clarity to scrap a very, very successful private practice and to recreate something that really made uh, a lot more sense to me. Mm -hmm. So so no, I think that, you know, it all unfolded perfectly and I'm glad I trusted the process. Yeah. Yeah. What trends do you see within your specialty? I think that there is, um, there are a lot more um, opportunities for people to explore you know, what they're wanting here and now and moving forward than ever before. I think our 
know, mass consciousness is expanding. And um, I see that there is a lot more coaching going on. Mm-hmm. There are there are a lot more avenues to um, this industry of well-being. And, mm-hmm. and so it's very exciting for me. And yet, there will always be a, a large amount of people who are not really interested in well-being. They've really created quite a career for themselves of telling the same story over and over again. And, and that's okay too. So it's nice to know that there is someone out there for everyone. If you are needing some assistance and, um, and it's a beautiful thing. Yes, ma'am. And what advice would you like to offer listeners? To just trust yourself. You always know, even though you don't know how or why, you know, you always know for yourself. I've never heard anyone say, I should not have listened to myself. But I hear people all the time say, I should have listened Mm -hmm. to myself. So trust yourself. You do know for yourself. Yeah. Let's get into that intuitiveness and trusting ourselves. And I, I know that I read on your website, you talked about children having genuine communication. And I had a guest before and she, she said the same thing. And she said that along as we grow up, we're in a sense taught not to listen to our intuition or, and we grow out of it. What is your take on us listening to our intuition as children compared to the amount of how, how much we listen to our intuition as adults? What's your opinion on that? Well, I think it's much easier as a parent. If you can trust yourself, then you can begin to really trust your child. And the thing that I have um, always done with my own children, and now I have grandchildren, which is such a blessing, is we've never prompted them. We've never said to them, you know, say hello, say your name. Mm -hmm. Because we've always say thank you. We've always wanted them to have a genuine sense of communication um, and expressing actually what they were feeling. So when someone asked my children or grandchildren when they were young, uh, what their name was, I would answer for them. Or if someone gave something to them, I would just say thank you. Mm -hmm. And over time, the child learns to actually, instead of being prompted from the outside in, they begin to express themselves from the inside out, that their feelings of thankfulness are genuine, that mm-hmm. if that their need or desire to communicate comes from a place of wanting to share as opposed to feeling as though they've been prompted from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is um, quite a difference. There is um, this sense that children are you know, eternally connected to themselves. They're in their own world. They're daydreaming. They're manifesting. It's it's just it's such an amazing thing to to witness when you understand what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And to allow them to remain connected in that way is, you know, is really what I would consider um, conscious parenting. Mm-hmm. However, when we're not doing it for ourselves, it's very difficult to allow that to a child. So, um, but as we begin to become more conscious in terms of creating our own relationship with ourselves, 
then I think we more easily are able to extend that to a child. Okay, yeah. Now, how would you suggest an adult or a parent become more conscious? I think if we could quiet our mind chatter, Mm -hmm. if we could just, even for a few minutes every day, just sit with ourselves and try to identify what that kind of like running dialogue is that's going on in the background Mm. and understand that consciously or unconsciously this is running us all day long when you begin to identify the way you speak to yourself for some of us you can only laugh at it because probably you would not speak to another human being that way (laughs) (laughs) we're so critical We're so hard on ourselves. We're so judgmental. We're so unkind. So to be able to just isolate that conversation and hopefully laugh at it and really begin to redirect that into a more nurturing and nourishing uh, communication with ourselves, I think would be just a great place to start. And it it really, it could just be five minutes a day. Mm -hmm. Um, to sit with ourselves in, in a very loving and nurturing way and acknowledge that, yes, we, we are amazing. Yeah. And that, that makes me think about self-talk. I think you used the, the term storyline. Yes. And, and so when people are changing their storyline, are you suggesting they just sit and think or they actually, cause I know growing up, I was to- told stand in front of the mirror and say positive things to yourself. What do you suggest people do to change their storyline to be more positive? Well, I think first you have to identify what your storyline is. Mm. And often we are telling the story for years and years and years. And it's not even true. It's, it's almost like someone gave us this story and we just repeat it over and over and over again. Mm. So if, as you're telling this story, you could try to connect with yourself. And if the story feels good, then great. Then keep telling it. And if the story is truly a reflection of your life right now, great. However, if the storyline is not a reflection of your life right now, and it doesn't feel good as you're telling it, it probably is not feeling good as you're living it. Mm. So I would like to suggest to people that they could change even one line of the story or one word of the story or any part of the story and begin to tell the story in a way that does reflect where you are now and where you would like to be. Mm. And as we change the storyline and we begin to step into that new story and live it, it's amazing how it actually comes to be. Yeah. However, There are people that are so invested in their storyline that the whole idea of changing it is, it's, it's not even a possibility. Mm. And so I say that's fine. So at least acknowledge that you are choosing to keep your storyline and how can at least you feel a little better about the story that you're telling? Mm Mm-hmm. So you're not a victim to your story. You're choosing your story. But can you shift into a better feeling about the story? Yeah. Now I want to get into your unique and masterful ability to reframe. (laughs) (laughs) 
Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, often it's not the situation that we're in, but it's how we're feeling about the situation. So reframing is this this wonderful, magical process that allows us, if we're interested in, um, to take where we are in this moment, whatever this current situation is, and to make a conscious choice to feel better about it. So for a lot of us, we go to this job every day that we don't feel appreciated in, that we're not happy about going to, that we feel we're in many ways a victim to. And there are so numerous examples of, of you know, how our whole day unfolds, people feel like they are a victim to it. Mm-hmm. And then if we were able to just momentarily take a breath and understand that in fact, when we take personal responsibility for the choices that we have made, and sometimes it's staying in our current job. So if you feel that you can't leave your job, it's a choice to stay in your job. Mm -hmm. It feels a lot different to choose it than to feel like someone's holding you there. But you have to want to assume personal responsibility to be able to say, you know, I know that this is not my ideal job in this moment, but I'm so appreciative that I have this opportunity to be in this job while I'm looking for the next opportunity. Yes. That feels a lot different. You'll still go to that job, but you can go to that job feeling angry and resentful Mm -hmm. and a victim, or you can go to that job feeling appreciative Mm-hmm. and optimistic and hopeful. Right. Yeah, I, I remember having a job where I wanted more responsibility. It's when I first got started in human resources. And I my goal was to get into business psychology and organizational psychology. And I was going the, the HR route. And I had to basically start from the bottom up because of my lack of experience in HR. And I wanted more responsibilities. And the supervisor, it felt as though she felt I wasn't ready to take on more tasks. She, she would say that this is HR. You never know when you get busy, you'll get busy. She always felt that there was going to be employees coming in with emergencies for their paycheck or something. And we always had to be ready to take on an emergency for the employees. But for me, in the meantime, I still wanted to busy myself with work that would help me grow in knowledge and everything. And I began to go to work and my coworker who I shared an area with noticed my body posture (laughs) And she said, you look like you're done with this job. And I said, mm-hmm. I said, oh boy, somebody can see my energy, you know, feel my energy and see my posture. And so I started telling myself and telling her, no, I enjoy this job. You know, I'm glad to be here. And I would just say positive things. And pretty soon she stopped noticing that I had, you know, um, low posture or what have you and people begin to to see that I I was enjoying my job so yeah I think definitely reframing helps because it just puts in our mind it gives us a different mindset exactly and from the new positive mindset Mm -hmm. 
you begin to see possibilities in front of you that you didn't see before, even though those same possibilities were there. So when we're in a negative space and feeling like we're a victim to anything, we really cannot see the upside. It could be right in front of us. So how can we shift into a better feeling place about our current situation so that we can reimagine and move forward to what we are wanting? And it feels a whole lot better. It does. It certainly does. And would you like to add anything else before I do the quote of the week? I would just like to encourage your listeners to be gentle with yourselves. Mm. As you're gentler with yourselves, you'll be gentler with others. Love yourself. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. I'm going to actually do a joke. Since we were talking about the office a little bit, I'm going to do a, a human resources joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So reaching the end of a job interview, the human resources officer asked a young engineer fresh out of MIT, what starting salary are you looking for? The engineer replies, uh, in the region of 225000 a year, depending on the benefits package. And the in, the interviewer asks, "Well, what would you say to a package of five weeks vacation, fourteen paid holidays for medical and dental, company matching retirement fund to fifty percent of your salary, and a company car?" The engineer sits up straight and says, "Wow, are you kidding?" The interviewer replies, "Yeah, but you started it." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ms. Jamie, will you tell us how to contact you? Yes. um, Everything you need to know or would like to know about me um, is on my website, www.jamie-lernr.com. And also right now I am offering 15 minutes of free texting time. I have a new service called the quickie, a lovely texting option, which is really nice for people because they're busy. And um, I think it is a wonderful way for people to use me as a conduit to reconnect with themselves in a moment where they are um, wanting to make a shift. Okay. All right. Well, I do thank you once again for joining us today and you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Shalanda Says. Remember to send your questions to shalanda at tookswaterguidance.com, shalanda at tookswaterguidance.com to have them answered by myself and an expert guest. And don't forget to subscribe and share. And as always, have a productive day.